0: Join Sarah Weiss in the infinite field of energetic aliveness and heart-centered wisdom. This is the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. Welcome to the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. I'm Sarah Weiss. And today I have Kate Hallison with us. And Kate is an author by default. It's not something that she set out to do. But she has published two novels, one for young adults called Amber Ashes, and one for young children called The Sun That Didn't Shine. So let's welcome Kate, and let's listen to the beautiful wisdom that emerges from her heart. Welcome, Kate. I'm so happy to share you and your energy with everyone on the Earth Love Spirit podcast. Welcome.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: It's a pleasure. So as Kate and I were preparing for the podcast, we were sitting in grounding and her heart just blossomed into this beautiful sphere of light. And it was beautiful to see. I'm so happy she's here with us. So, Kate, you're a writer of children and young adult books. You're a yoga teacher, a lover of dogs. Tell us how you were able to manifest your dream as a published author. I'd love to hear your path along this, this lifetime of manifesting your dream.
1: Yeah, I would love to. So I'll try to keep it short, but it's kind of a long story. That's okay.
0: My (laughs) listeners like to hear because they're inspired by each person's journey. And mm-hmm. if they can relate to a certain part of the journey to help them along theirs, then that's what we're here for. So go for it.
1: Okay, great. So for the past 10 years, I actually worked in sales and I worked in customer service and I hated it. I hated it so much. I was a part of corporate America. I was a, an account executive at a software company So I had made it pretty far for especially how young I was. Um, And I believed that I was supposed to be happy, you know? Like, why am I not happy? I have this great career, I make good money, I'm successful in terms of the world, Um, but it just wasn't for me. And, And I thought that sales should be good for me because it's like I love people so much and I love talking to people so it's like I lived my life in shoulds you know you should like this you should be good at this and you should love it and so when I didn't it was almost like oh what's wrong with me and why don't I there's I just had this inclination that there's more and I had been struggling and Honestly, it all started, I was, just, um, I was just out for a walk with my dog, and I just had this, this thought of the phoenix, and I was like, that's interesting, you know, and um, obviously the phoenix is a bird that comes from being reborn, it's coming from the ashes, and that image just stuck with me, and then I started writing little, like little ideas would come into my head, little thoughts. And so I would write them down and then they kept coming. It was like I had, you know, the dam was up and then I broke it down and then the flood came through and I just started writing more and more stuff and the story started to unfold little by little and it was a coping mechanism to get me through um, really hard time. So my first book, it's called Amber Ashes, and it's about Mm. the phoenix. It's about a young woman who goes through hard times and, you know, just when things couldn't go any worse, um, they do. And she just, through the help of her grandma, she's able to kind of see her worth and realize who she really is and rises above and actually turns into a phoenix and sees her power. And I believe that my so my grandma passed away almost 20 years ago, but I was really close to her. And she, she wrote that book through me. I believe mm. that I was a channel for her and that she helped me through that time to kind of see who I really am. And so, yeah, that's how it all started. And um, here we are. <laughs>
0: Had had you dreamed of being a writer? Or was that something that evolved as you were coming out of the ashes?
1: I read a lot as a kid. I was always a really, I just read so much. Um, but I never thought that I would write and it just, it just came to be.
0: What was your writing process like, if you don't mind me asking? Because yeah. you, you described, you know, these little bits coming. And then how did you form it into a cohesive story? How did that come about? And how did that interface with your life at the time?
1: Yeah. So I would always have to have a notebook with me because, you know, when you're driving, that's when thoughts come. It never comes, like, at convenient times. It comes when you're in the shower. It comes when, you know... I remember times it would be like midnight and I was trying to go to sleep and I would be so inspired and get all these thoughts. And I'm just laying there like, really? You couldn't have come a couple of hours ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I guess that's the divine feminine. She does whatever she pleases. And so um, it's fine. <laughs> I'm grateful when she comes. <laughs> but um, did
0: you actually feel kind of a presence when those thoughts were coming through, like you were inspired by a higher your higher being or the presence of a higher light and love
1: yeah it was something it was not me um there was something else there something helping me and i did feel i felt company i felt some someone or something was there with me giving me these messages
0: and i love how you refer to how inconvenient it is usually <laughs> I find that also in my life, I'm going, oh my God, you really had to wake me up at 3.30 to tell me this? <laughs> <laughs> or, you You know, I need to stop what I'm doing and write this down now? Really? You know? Um, and, and it's all about following spirit. I mean, you're telling me that you started with this image of the phoenix coming to you, and how powerful it must have been in your being to actually get you to respond Mm -hmm. i mean how many people respond to those images really
1: right and i had you know i think i was in a process of learning of unlearning right so that i believe that's the awakening process is unlearning everything that we've been taught and told to be and since I was struggling so much, I had started going to therapy and she, you know, she taught me to be aware of my thoughts and to question them. So, um, when that thought came, I was kind of already in that process of examining my thoughts, examining the images and questioning them instead of, I think that's so much of where our power gets lost is when we have these thoughts or our inner child or our higher self tells us things and we just go about our day. We don't stop and say, you know, if my, if my inner child is like, Hey, Kate, we've been working for five hours. I could, I could use a drink. I could, you know, I could eat a sandwich. And if I just bypass that and just like, Oh, go about, but sitting there and actually listening to her and it's like, okay, like, yeah, let's take a break. Let's go for a walk. Let, like, what do you need has totally changed my whole life.
0: This is a wonderful teaching to share with people. Because as you know, and as you mentioned, and as I know, it's so easy to ignore those guiding, the, those guiding voices that are within us. And it always feels like a little bit of a risk sometimes to listen to those voices because it goes against the grain to grain of accomplishing and attaining and Mm -hmm. achieving and things like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, we get, we get these thoughts and it's like, Oh, I don't have time for that. We have these, we have these dreams like, Oh, I would love to do that, but I don't have time or I don't, there's, there's no point in it because I'm not going to make money off of it or whatever. And then we just, Mm. then we just go about our day and we totally forget the thought. But if we really look at it like, okay, so here's an example this last summer. um, So I have never, I don't even know if I had even touched a horse. (laughs) So, and I felt called to them. I was like, I love I just want to be by them. I think that that would be really healing to be around. They're wild. They're amazing. They're beautiful. So I looked up this local place and I got horseback riding lessons. And it easily could have been like, oh, I would love to learn how to ride a horse and then just leave it as a thought and not do it. And it's like, oh, there's this place close by. It's pretty cheap. And I learned to do something different that my body and my inner voice was called to do. And I honored that, um, the little things can add up so much. And, you know, we think, oh, I can't do that. Um, what's the point? And I don't have time, but we really do in little ways. And again, I think that's the divine feminine coming through for me because she doesn't care about money. That's not her value and her value. And she comes through rest and slowing down. And doing things for the fun of it and not because there's going to be a result that you can make money off of. And so um, I have, I believe that I live my whole life in this wounded masculine trying to prove my worth through productivity. And I'm only valuable as long as I'm doing something valuable. And finally, when I let my body rest a little, she came through and she, she helped me just become who I am.
0: That is the entire spiritual teaching we all need to hear right now, just in that little paragraph that you just shared. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, this is really it. I mean, it's about slowing down, about embodying yourself and connecting within, and how is it how do you feel when you're connected to the feminine so there's so we use the word the feminine and it's kind of this big beautiful to me energy that I'm surrounded in but how can you help tune in people to the deeper feminine
1: I think of I think of my mother I think of my ancestors and the magic of women I think of, you know, the, ha- the space between heaven and earth is in the womb. That's where creation is made. That's where life is made. And so for me, slowing down, being quiet, breathing into my womb, remembering who I am, where I come from, you know, and just thinking of, of women in my life that really inspire me, that embody her embody the divine feminine my own mother is amazing and i'm so grateful for her and my own ancestors i think of mary magdalene and just sitting there um visualizing them in my mind even for five minutes think of you know i just feel so much better after that
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's like it's like sitting in a bubble of love um for me that womb of love I can't even imagine people going through life without experiencing that and knowing that it, it's available to them. Mm-hmm. So, in your yoga classes, when you're teaching yoga, do you guide people into that consciousness while they're working with the yoga?
1: I do. I I remind people that, you know, we live in I live in Utah and we're surrounded by beautiful mountains, and so many people escape to them so that they can feel in tune to nature and myself included i i feel most at home when i'm in the mountains surrounded by the trees but part of my yoga practice and part of my yoga classes i remind people that we ourselves are nature we don't have to go anywhere outside of our bodies to find what we're looking for in all things but especially in nature we are made from her we are made like and it's such a comfort to people because they are reminded that, you know, I have everything I need within me right now. I don't have to look outside of me for anything. And when I want to come, when I want to be grounded and feel nature, I don't have to escape to the woods. I can come right home to my breath. You know, I can come right home to my body and feel connected to her. And there's so much power in that.
0: I love how you express this. Um, Can we backtrack a little? Because I'd like, you, you mentioned about coming into your power earlier as well. When you were going through this transition and rising up from the ashes. And I'm wondering if you could help people understand what it feels like to be in your power. What that sensation feels like, what the consciousness feels like. Are you able to put that into words?
1: I will I will try my best. Um, I think it feels like letting go. I think it's such a teaching of opposites. Well, The opposite of what we think is true, you know? So when I rest, when I let go and I stop grasping for things, then I... I gain so much more and I'm able to be myself. And there's so much, that's where I feel powerful. I feel powerful when I don't feel like I have anything to prove because I know who I am. So there's no insecurity. There's no shame. There's no proving. It's just, I'm able to be authentic because I can show up as I am and not be scared. It's like, yeah, this is who I am. And I'm proud of her. I don't have to wear there's no covering up who I am, you know.
0: <laughs> Another beautiful teaching. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and now let's talk about your books. You have Amber, Amber's
1: Ashes. Is that what yes. it is? And what's the other book that you've written? So it's a children's book. I ah. just released it, and it's called The Sun That Didn't Shine. Oh, tell us about that. So it is a story about, the sun, who she's out doing her thing, she's shining bright, and all of a sudden she hears people that, you know, people are playing under her, people love the sun, and then she hears people that don't love her so much, like, oh my gosh, it's so hot, you know, <laughs> and it kind of hurts her a little bit, and um, she goes away, and she's like, I cannot shine, she gets, you know, it's a, sim- it's a symbolic book of depression, in a sense. You know, you hide away, and because you're scared to show up as you are. Um, well, the the moon comes to her and is like, "What are you doing?" You know, and hears her out, listens to her, lets her be sad, and then tells her, "You were created. You are the sun. Nobody else is the sun. And you were literally created to shine. So it doesn't matter if people like you or not." You just have to go out and do what you were created to do. And I it was such a teaching for me because it's like, you know, when when the heavens, when when God and the great mother were creating me, to, to really envision that, like what it what it means to create a soul, what would go into that, it's like, oh, they put intention in creating me. The way that I am, maybe I like writing for a reason. <laughs> maybe I'm good at it for a reason, and I have to do it whether I get bad reviews or good reviews. It's just what I was created to do.
0: Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> so um, what age level is this book aimed at?
1: Oh, it's a picture book, so uh-huh. it is for you know one of my best friend, um, her little son. He just turned three, and he loves it. So,
0: and where is that
1: available? on amazon yep I'm, both of them
0: okay i'm a grandma of two four and a half year olds a three-year-old and a two-year-old so i am like on that right away okay yeah, Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and amber's ashes is geared for what age
1: so that's a young adult fiction novel yep so i would uh you know middle school and up
0: we need this literature for these younger people to be inspired. I'm so glad you're producing this. Do you have another one that's starting to come through you?
1: I have started. So um, here's a little bit of a spoiler, but it's I'm so excited about it and I just can't I can't help myself. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Amber Ashes, the girl, she she finds out that her grandma was actually a Phoenix and so, and so I'm writing the grandma's story mm. and I'm so excited because so in the book, the main character, her name is Hadley and she hears her grandma's because her grandma passes away. So she, and she hears her come through like, and kind of teaches Hadley her worth. you know, Hey, get back up. You got this. You have power in you. And the motto, the the whole point of the book that I say over and over is that you are more, you know, you're more than what happens to you. You're more than what you do or what you don't do all of this. And so, um, but her grandma has to kind of teach her that and show her her worth, but the grandma's story, she's going to be the first Phoenix ever. And so she's going to have to teach herself those things. She's going to be older She's going to know a couple more things, you know, and she's just going to have to have this realization that, oh, she, she'll have to teach herself her worth instead of somebody kind of guiding her through that.
0: Oh, that's a biggie. <laughs> that is a biggie. You know, that makes me want to ask you, given that we're a couple generations apart in age, do you see more people in your generation waking up and getting these messages, like just directly from within themselves?
1: I do. And it's probably because that's what I'm around, you know, but it's such a blessing to watch. I see so many people changing, but I I'm a true believer that as we heal, we heal our ancestors and we heal those coming after us. And so it's all we're all connected and we're all affecting each other and so as I watch people wake other people in their family do too and um, so it's just this circle and but I do since I interact with people my age I see it a lot.
0: So in your journey uh, do you feel like you were guided from within as you mentioned from your grandmother and from this energy of a lineage that you feel that you're connected to, that somehow that that we could each find that stream of feminine wisdom within us and connect to us, connected to us. Maybe you could speak a little more to that. I feel like there's more that wants to come to us from you about that, particular way of being
1: yeah and that was beautiful I'm reminded of a moment I was in my job I was sitting in my cubicle and the best word that I can describe for what was happening was an upheaval my spirit if she could scream it was like she was screaming so loud I was physically I could feel it. It was like this vibration within me. And I finally knew, you know, okay, I will listen. I I was like I'm so sorry. I have I have not listened to you for so long and I've just pushed you down and I'm here and I'll finally listen. And I knew that I had to do something. Something had to be done. And it was scary because it's supposed to be <laughs> in order to have this great experience and have you know, it has to be a risk and um shortly after i i left my job and um found something that you know would at least would pay the bills just so that i can write and i knew i think that the feminine is in letting go and really listening to your intuition and what you know is best you know our ancestors Looping back to my grandmother and this divine inherent line that's within us all, you know, they, they went through so much and they made it based off of their intuition. They didn't have Google telling them how to live their life. They just, they just did stuff and they, they did it right or else we wouldn't have been here. Um, They made mistakes and all of that. But I just feel so connected to this inner knowing that it's like, you know, you know what you're supposed to do. And we ask people advice. We say, oh, what do you think I should do? You know, how should I live my life? <laughs> when they don't, the best person to ask, they don't know. It's, it's your life, you know? Um, and we ask the worst people. We ask, <laughs> we go to the people that, like, we, because we want the truth. We're like, oh, this person, they are blunt, they are rude, they'll really tell me like it is. And so that we go to that person, we don't go to the grandma down the street that, you know, feeds us cookies. It's like, (laughs) we (laughs) speak the worst. So it's so (laughs) silly. (laughs) Uh,
0: I know. And it feels so awful to like, be hemmed in by someone else's judgments and prejudices. And it's like, Oh, my God, uh, you know, I know that doesn't fit so actually that helps me come back to myself when I do that um, because it's just so obvious that it's not working right but that sense of learning to trust that <coughs> what hey, hi Theo okay <laughs> <laughs> this is break oh, my doorbell.
1: I don't at30 <laughs> oh God <ringing> my doorbell. <laughs> Well,
0: well, we said at the beginning of the podcast that all dogs are welcome, and so there you're getting to meet Theo. Um, I'm so interested uh, in in books and and media that is spiritually geared for young children, mm-hmm. and particularly for middle school children who I know in middle school when. I first read the transcendental writers and the poets and I was introduced to this literature that was so inspiring and I was, you know, like finally able to have something that supported my soul Mm -hmm. other than Captain Kangaroo and the Three three Stooges and the Three Stooges, right? (laughs) That's on TV. I was wondering, do you have... Any other recommendations for books that might be helpful for the young people that would be inspiring?
1: I love The Alchemist. Did you ever read that book? Mm
0: Mm-hmm. I do too.
1: I think it's so, I love that it's kind of abstract and you can interpret it in your own ways. And yeah, I think that they would love that. I think it has so many great teachings for them. I love The Alchemist.
0: Okay. And did you look into when you were writing, did you even care about whatever was out there in terms of um, young children and spiritual literature or anything like that? Or you just went for it?
1: (laughs) I just went for it. It was, it was, uh, it was uh, was a, it was a book written for me, honestly, through Uh, other people. And at the end, I was like, Oh, well, this helped me maybe other people will like it. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: And so how did you go about getting it published?
1: So I actually tried the traditional route and I I got a book deal out of New York and I was so excited about it and I I remember I literally pen to paper I was signing and this sounds like a movie it sounds like it's made up <laughs> but it's not. And I just something was off. He's like, this is not right. And I don't know why, but, and I was in this process of finally listening to myself. And so I was like, oh, I can't, I can't do that to her. I can't say, I can't promise. Yeah, I'll listen to you and then not do it. (laughs) So yeah, something was off and I just, I couldn't do it. And they were like, okay, well, like whatever, it's all good. And I ended up self-publishing. I think it was my first book. And I worried, you know, this is my first rodeo. I don't know what I don't know. And there's really no risk in self-publishing. I own all the rights. And I just felt safer in that route. And it's worked out great.
0: That's fantastic. And how about the second book, Self-Published Again?
1: Yep. yep.
0: This is, I believe, important for people to hear that you're working and living your life from this inner directed connected intuitive guidance and you're so aligned with it you can I can just feel feel it in you and i am so happy that this is radiating out to our listeners because they need to hear this they need to hear that someone made choices to follow their inner guidance no matter what no mm-hmm. matter what the financial repercussions were, what the judgmental repercussions were, whatever it was, and how happy you are
1: yeah. <laughs> to
0: have done that, right? So so as we come to a close here, uh, how do people connect with you?
1: Um, the best way is just through Instagram. Uh, it's my, my handle is just Kate Halson. Um, yeah, that's where I am, or just through email. It's katehalston at gmail.com
0: very simple very easy do you like people to contact you
1: oh i love it yeah okay
0: okay so uh those that information will be in the podcast notes and i am so thrilled to meet and speak with you kate and love sharing your beautifully succinct your spirit, your teachings come through in as spiritual teach the perennial spiritual teachings just in this everyday language that is so beautiful. Thank you for being you.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Sarah.
0: You're very welcome. Blessings all. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend.